Hi there guys, welcome to Mind Talks, an organization that examines the psychology in upcoming and elite athletes. My name is Nathan and I'm here with my co-host Edwin. How are you, Ed? I'm all right, you know. How's, how's yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not too bad. Um, at this time of recording, I'm just looking outside and it's um, snowing. I'm not one for the snow, but, you know, we keep it moving. I'm not going to lie. I haven't even thought about going outside today. As soon as I saw snow, as soon as I saw the forecast yesterday, I was like, nah, staying at home today. So, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so today we've got another special guest and he goes by the name of Kwame. And Kwame, um, just speaking to him just before the recording, said that he, he listened to a previous podcast and pretty much wanted to tell his story. So we're very, very thankful for that. And yeah, we hope that, you know, these podcasts um, reach more and more people and, and hit home in some way, shape or form. So without further ado... Um, I'll introduce Kwame. So, Kwame, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm very, very well. Funny times that we're in at the moment, but, um, yeah, we keep moving. I'm just glad everything is well with um, with mine and, and, yeah, everyone around me. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. That's a perfect start, actually, to start off with. How are you dealing with this lockdown? How are you maintaining your um, your sanity during these times? trying times yeah to be honest with myself um i'm a bit of a hermit so <laughs> i've coped well um i've been doing a lot to keep myself busy jumping on quite a few courses um i've recently started up my own um sports performance training where i'm working with aspiring footballers trying to get themselves in um so yeah it's been good it's been good mm. Okay, so let's take it all the way back. What was your introduction to sports? Um, not watching it, but actually participating in it. Was it via, you know, parent? Was it via an uncle and auntie? Um, yeah, just talk to us about your introduction to sports. Um, so my earliest memory, possibly um, primary school, um, playing for the school team, um, yeah, so playing for the school team, I would say it was. Um, and also just around the area, the estate. I grew up in Campbellwell, so obviously we had a local football pitch. Um, so, yeah, to be honest, most of my time was spent playing football, being out and about. And um, with regards to any other sports, were there any other sports that you were particularly interested in or... Um, was it just football that, um, you know, you you were interested in? Uh, yeah, just football, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, you dibble and dabble in other sports, but football, for me, had been the main one that I had, you know, played for teams and and so on. And so everything else was pretty much just for fun. What were the other sports that you dabbled into? A bit of tennis, a bit of tennis here and there. Catching a glimpse of uh, the sisters on TV <laughs> Get, gets a guy a bit excited, and um, yeah, you, you try it, but definitely you're better with my feet rather than the hands. So, uh, 
<laughs> I think it's the same for all of us. Um, you mentioned tennis. Was there anything else or was it just, just tennis? Yeah, probably just tennis, um, a little bit of athletics here and there, but yeah, definitely come back to football as the main one. And then when it when it comes to football, um, when, what age did you get to when you you started to think maybe I I might pursue this um, a bit a bit further? Possibly towards the end of my time at primary school. Um, obviously, before it was just more of a fun thing. But then got to a point where, you know, I realised that I could actually play, you know. Um, and it was it was a funny one, like, from my earliest memory, it's almost as if I had just turned up at my local football pitch one time, um, probably a couple of days there. And it just, you know, just kind of just came naturally. If that makes sense, yeah. probably in the gene pool or something like that, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just with time, um, just began to, like I said, enjoy it, realizing and something I was good at, and just continue from there. Just continue going and um, start thinking about possibly playing for a club. So take us on this journey from the, you know, from a psychological perspective. When were you, when did this confidence begin to build and how did you deal with players similar to you in terms of talent? Um, so confidence building, I could actually pick out a particular time, <laughs> Um, playing in a football pitch and um, we had these older kids come in and I think they were from a different estate. So they came in and joined in. I think we were playing like FA knockouts or something along those lines. And um, they were about three, four years older. And um, yeah, I just ended up, you know, kind of taking them on and, um yeah, we ended up winning whoever my pair was at the time. And um I would say like that was the point in particular where, you know, confidence started building and you know, I found myself thinking about going and playing for a club at the time. And the local team was Dulwich Hamlet. Okay. Local team was Dulwich Hamlet. Yeah. And um at this time, obviously with parents, um, I've heard you guys speak previously about, you know, possible restrictions um, that there could be. Obviously, their main thing is education and so on. Yeah. Um, so for me to find myself playing for a team, I'd have to do really well academically to have any chance of obviously being given the opportunity to go and play and somewhere else. Um, luckily did well, ended up playing for Dulwich Hamlet in year seven. And yeah, did did really well there. Did really well there for the most part. Unfortunately for myself, at the time I was signing, um, the club got into a bit of trouble with um, something that happened on a match day. Okay. And they had banned all new signings. Wow. Um, so... That would have meant for myself, 
I would have had to have waited until December when I joined in January um, to obviously start playing competitive matches. Yeah. And at that time, my first club, um, you know, I was raring to go. I was raring to go. So I made a decision to join another team. When you joined the other team, was um, how was it in terms of the people around around you? Was it quite a mixed group? Uh, so so when I joined the team, obviously I would have gone in at a particular um, age group, isn't it? Yeah. And um, yeah, to be honest, it was a completely mixed bunch, like mixed mixed ability. Um, I think it was more of a team where they were, I wouldn't say they were taking on whoever, but it was a different experience from Dulwich Hamlet because obviously this is one of the top clubs in the area. So they're taking on yeah. the best talent. And this other club I joined, they're a little bit more inclusive. Okay. If that makes sense. But obviously with match day, um, <laughs> they're going to pick the best team, aren't they? Regardless. So you'd have yeah. a big squad. But then when it came to match day, yeah, the squad became thin. So, you know, so let's explore going to a new team. So talk to us about, you know, your first training session. Talk to us about the first few weeks where you are really getting to know those players, really knowing the players who are in your position and you're going to be battling um, for that mm. starting 11 place. Just talk to us about that. How was that being a newbie and then really trying to cement your your place in that team? Yes. Yeah, so for myself, um, training was something I really excelled in. Um, I felt comfortable. I felt confident within my ability that regardless of who was there, um, I'd be able to show my stuff. Um, so... To be honest, it was such a long time ago to think back to the actual training sessions themselves. Um, it was a little bit, um, it's a little bit difficult to remember, but I used to, I, I used to do really well. I used to, yeah, be pretty confident within the sessions. Yeah. And to be honest, I was so used to it at that point. Um, just living in an estate, you know, I had the experience of going to other estates, um, as a team and playing against different um, players from different backgrounds. So at that point, it wasn't anything new to me. I would say, if anything, on match day, that was completely different. You know, the build-up to a game, um, the team talk, you know, that experience, that's not something I had gone through before. So it was almost like, oh, now this is serious. Yeah. From playing in the pitch to having all of that freedom to now you are now playing in a system. You have to do this or that. You've got a manager or a coach yelling in your ear if you're not doing something. Um, so the main difference from obviously my experience initially to that was really the difference on match day. And um, with that, how did you deal with that mentally? Funny enough, at that age group, at, at that level, I was fine. It's when I got older 
where the experience became different. Because um, obviously, as you get older, depending on where you're playing, it possibly felt like there was a lot more at stake. I can remember playing for a semi-pro team in North London. And this was the first time I was playing for a team where I was getting paid. And so it's a complete different experience. You know, you had fans turning up. Um, once again, there was the build-up. You're in the changing room. You have to get there an hour or two hours before the game itself. Um, tactics, all of that. Like That was something that, um, yeah, I wasn't used to. Yeah, I just, I didn't thrive. I didn't thrive um, all the time um, within that. I had to throw myself about at a different, um, a number of different clubs before that was something I got used to. Mm. You um, you spoke about, as you got older, struggling to, in terms of the confidence side of things. What would you put that down to? Poss- possibly could have been myself at that time, personality-wise, that could have um, played a part. Um, lack of experience. Lack of experience, for sure, um, is a big thing. Yeah, I would say those are the main ones, to be fair. With regards to, you know, looking in hindsight, what do you think you needed that would have helped you excel to the true potential that you had as a um, as a young team. Yeah, where could I start? Like, there's so many things, so many things involved. Um, I mean, the experience on match day, I feel that's something you just need to go through. You just need to experience, um, you know, the whole build up and that, and it's something you get used to. That's that's pretty normal, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it would have been great to have had some sort of mentorship, possibly from someone who had been playing at that level or possibly higher. Um, for myself at that time, I didn't really, I didn't really personally know anyone who was playing, um, you know, semi-pro professionally. Um, so I, I didn't really have that. Um, um, I did have some guidance um, through someone who was trying to support me. And to be fair, he, I mean, he did well. Um, some good advice he gave me is that I needed to get stronger. Mm. Yeah, I needed to bulk up. I need to get a bit stronger. Um, and um, I ended up going to the gym, but the work I was putting in wasn't sports specific. Okay, so that was possibly another bit of help. Uh, that I would have um, gave my former self, if you like, uh, looking more into sports-specific exercises and so on. Okay. With regards to the fans, because you mentioned about playing in front of fans, how did that impact, um, you know, your 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 mindset? You know, did you excel? Did it make you falter? Was, did it depend on, you know, the the match day? Talk to us about how. Um, you know, the presence of fans had on you psychologically? That was something I was looking forward to for a long time. Um, Yeah, so funny enough, with the fans, 
with the fans, I thrive with that. I thrive with that in particular. I like that, you know, um, the chance of your name. Um, obviously, I said things are going well. <laughs> um, I think the team I was playing at initially, it was a bit up and down for us. I think we were relegation battlers, to be fair. Wow. So, yeah, um, fans, chairman as well. Um, yeah. You'd hear a lot a lot from them. But um, for myself, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I was doing quite well in um, the first team that I was in, which which had fans. Yeah. So, yeah, for myself, it was a good experience. It went well. Did you um, ever receive negative abuse from the fans? Thankfully for them, not. Nah, joking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nah. Nah, um, nah, I didn't. I didn't, actually. Not not that I can remember. But did um, did anyone else in the team receive any abuse? All the fans were quite fair to everyone. Yeah, I would say... I, I wouldn't say they were fair to everyone, but they would single... Sorry, they wouldn't single out anyone. Okay. But obviously, if performances weren't going well, you would hear unrest from the fans yeah um, targeted to the team if you like as a collective mm. one of the things that I've always found fascinating especially in relegation battles is you get it really is is, is day and night you have you have certain teams that there's a team unity there's a togetherness and they're ready to fight 90 plus minutes and then you have the other teams you know, synonymous to Derby, I think it was in 2008, where, you know, they just gave up after October. Talk to us about being in a relegation battle. Talk to us about the team unity in your team. Uh, one of the toughest experiences that I've been through, um, you're basically losing most of the time. You are losing most of the time. Um, a win is not the norm. <laughs> you know, just yeah. just think think about that, and it's the way things seem to happen. It's just so random. It's like you'd be losing, 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 and then you come across first, second, or third, and um, you're like a different team. <laughs> you're like a different team. I remember one game in particular, um, literally what I'm talking about. And funny enough, I do remember the position they were in I think they were like they were third but it was quite tight at the top um, so they were in the title race and I only knew that because um, of one of the reaction of the players which I'll come to but um, yeah funny enough um, went into that match and I remember the first 10 minutes they were all over us <laughs> um, and we ended up getting a player sent off um, and yeah just <laughs> that that was quite common as well. <laughs> that happened quite a lot too. Um, but yeah, we ended up going on to beat this team. I think it was two or three nil. And um, yeah, you just got random days like that, um, which was weird. But um, yeah, it was just a different experience. Like the norm is you losing. <laughs> the norm is you losing. Yeah, it was a very weird experience. But with um, the norm been losing, did that have any impact in your life outside football? Okay, it didn't have an impact in my life personally, but it did change my feelings about 
yeah, turning up, <laughs> turning up at all. Um, this team I was playing, I wasn't full time. I was under no obligation to be there. Mm. So, you know, um, you've always got those thoughts of either not going or considering joining another team. But then, you know, there's, there's loyalty involved. Obviously, you've been with the team for so long. You know, they're your brothers, basically. So I, I, I do believe it would be different if I was full-time. Okay. I, I do believe it would be different. Interesting, interesting. Mm. With regards to resilience, because you, you have to return knowing that more than likely you're going to lose. Would you say, or and if not, where did you build that resilience to keep coming back? What you, you, you briefly mentioned about, you know, loyalty to, to your quote, quote unquote brothers, but what helped you personally build that resilience? Because yes, you had loyalty and that's kind of more of an externality, but for you, how did you create that resilience in yourself? Yeah. Um, good question. Um, Definitely two reasons spring to mind. One is the love of the game. Like I said, we're under no obligation, but at the end of the day, we all wanted to be there. We all wanted to be there. Um, and the other thing would, <laughs> would have to be um, also feeling privileged, privileged to play at that level. You know, for the fact that, um, especially from my background, um, for me to have been given a chance to play for that team, like I said, I felt privileged. Um, I had been, you know, for one, I was in North London. If I had the opportunity, um, I'm from South, I would, would have, um, you know, uh, saved myself some journey time by <laughs> playing for a team that was local. Um, <laughs> So uh, um, myself and a mate of mine who, you know, were, uh, you know, trying to break the circuit together, we did a lot of traveling. And so, yeah, it was being given a chance. It's almost like you're giving back. It's almost like you're giving back to that team who um giving you the opportunity to play. And um, also for me, myself, um, the position I played as well, which was centre mid, because of my height and my stature, most teams didn't want to take a chance on me. Most teams did not want to take a chance on me. And centre mid is one of those positions where managers find the players they like and they hold on to them tightly. Mm. Yeah, so that's that's through the spine of the team, whether that be centre mid or centre back. Um, you'd find um, clubs have players who stay there for a long time. Mm. So, yeah, and part of that was kind of um, paying back, if you like. Yeah. Interesting you say that about centre mid, because we've we've spoken to someone else previously who spoke about the centre mid position and how his experience is that clubs tend to have a specific type of person they prefer to play in centre mid and, the, <laughs> and other people they prefer to play on the wings or play up top. Uh, did you see that? coming through the system? Yeah. Uh, obviously, f for me personally, 
I experienced a bit of that. I, I did experience a bit of that at one team, um, which I'm not going to say the name of for mm. sure. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's, it's, it's one of the issues with football um, for the fact that it is a team sport, you know? And managers are going to get their favourites. Managers are going to like certain players, whether you're um, whether you should be playing or not, managers are going to take favour to you or they're not. And yeah, for myself, I did experience something like that. With regards to, um, there's something that I want to touch on and it's about, you know, managers having their favourites. So I guess it's a, it's, just, it's, a, it's a two-fold question I have. So the first part of it is, um, where, where, did you ever spend a time um, out of the starting 11 and if you did second part of the question is how did you deal with that mentally how did you deal with um, trying to get yourself back into the starting 11 yeah um, I have one experience which played a huge part in like my not just my football career but my life in particular um, exactly what you're talking about I find myself on the bench at a team um, which was extremely tough because not even from an arrogant viewpoint, not only myself, I felt I should have been playing, yep. but also my peers, you know, the same thing. And I'm sure, you know, it's a common thing, of course, you know, like, why is he not playing you? That sort of thing. So it happens everywhere. Um, great for me because, I, you know, I took... Um, uh, a big lesson from it. I did stick at that team. I did stick there. And towards the end of the season, ended up... Um, yeah, forcing myself back in. Forcing myself back in. Um, and going on to... Uh, yeah, going on to receiving... Players, player of the year, um, come in. I think it was second or third top goal scorer in the season. Perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, like, and I'm actually going to go on with the story because from your question and the previous question, from what Ed said uh, about, you know, the sorts of things that go on in clubs. Funny enough, I remember presentation evening. Um, going to collect the award and after all the awards had been given and everyone was just, you know, digging into food or whatnot, the manager at the time came up to me and said, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think you deserve that award. Wow. I don't think you deserve that award. Um, yeah, I, I just feel there are other players that had a better attitude than you. Attitude. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah, so Kwame, how, how, how did that feel? How did that make you feel, a manager telling you that you did not deserve an award? What did that do to your psyche? Yeah. Um, so for me personally, um, luckily, I was able to take things like that on the chin. But, you know, for someone else, I can imagine that could have been demoralizing. Um, 
there's there's so much more to it as well with um you know the experience with that manager in particular um yeah because i mean when when he said that to me i wasn't surprised okay you know okay. um so there were similar things that had been said there's similar things that had been said you know during training sessions and things like that so so when he said it to me to be honest um kind of <laughs> kind of just laughed it off mm. i kind of just laughed it off but you know i can't imagine it would have been the same universally and depending on the person yeah if that makes sense yeah and um you know it's, it's not even like it was said days later it was said on presentation in the evening it says a lot about a person for him to say that um, a moment, a moment before you receive an award for for contributing to the team. Um, did you notice that happening to anyone else in the in the team? One hundred percent not. <laughs> I don't know, but I'll tell you, one hundred percent not. That didn't happen. Yeah, and it, it was the it was the character. Yeah, it was definitely the character um, of that manager in particular anyway. Yeah, unfortunate. But yeah, luckily for myself, it was just something I was able to take from the chin. So, um, yeah. Talk to us about that. So, you know, imagine you've got, I don't know, um, 16 to 19 year old who's listening to this and they're going through something very similar. We see it in professional football. Um, Jose Mourinho, notoriously known. Everywhere he goes, he picks out one player that he falls out with. So talk to us about, you know, you know, your relationship with that manager and what advice would you give to someone between the ages of 16 to 19 and how to deal with, you know, with, with such a conflict at a club? First of all, they need to know it happens. Yeah, so not to be oblivious to that. Um, not that it will happen, but it happens. Um, so that's something you need to be prepared for. Um, football and other team sports, you know, they're completely different from your one-on-one such as tennis. Yeah. And with tennis, you're, you know, you've got your opponent there, you beat your opponent and, and that's, that's it. You know, that's what you're judged on. But with football, there's so many you know, other factors which um, uh, depend on your participation, whether you're playing or not. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so my bigger, biggest advice would just be to know that it happens, to know that it happens and to be prepared for that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so at least if you're clued up, you know, you're actually aware it's happening because... Um, I'm happy that you said 16 to 19. At that age, especially if you, you know, I can imagine there are a lot of 16 to 19 year olds who um, have found themselves playing for a team for the first time at that age. Yeah. So they wouldn't really get, you know, um, how things go on. So, yeah, just to be aware that it's, it's not all plain sailing, that um, these things can happen, yeah. but from apart from obviously what happened on presentation in the evening, you know, I had the last laugh. <laughs> I had the last laugh. Um, I was kept. I was kept out of that team, and 
you know, for probably half of the season, was on the bench, coming off the bench, when evidently my peers knew that not only should I have been playing, but I was probably the best player on the pitch. Mm. You know, not to blow my own horn, but this is coming from my peers. So from playing half of the season to receiving players, player of the year, you know, um, yeah, for me, as much as that experience could have been horrible, like it ended up being a good one. Mm. So um, just let your football do the talking, isn't it? Yeah. It's the main thing. What, um, being in that situation, what drove you want to carry on knowing that a manager is not a fan of you? The thing is, it wasn't between myself and that manager. He didn't make it obvious. He, he, it was almost like a tug of war. So he used to say a lot of things to me, but at the same time, he used to do a lot of things which were deemed as him looking out for me. Mm. So he would pick me up for training. Mm. Yeah. Funny enough, I did actually ask him to. Yeah, I did feel there was something funny with that. Yeah. Um, you know, almost to make it seem like he was doing something right. But the things he was saying to me, the conversations we were having were almost the opposite. Yeah. Um Similar to what he said at presentation evening, he used to talk to me about, you know, my demeanor and things like that. I, that I was laid back and, you know, lazy and, and this sort of thing, but definitely didn't believe I was at all. Um, yeah, I felt like I was one of the hardest working players there. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was... It was funny. He didn't make it obvious. And to be honest, at that time, I, I was pretty clued up. I was pretty clued up. So I could kind of see what was going on. I saw humour in it. Yeah. Yeah, so that was my mechanism. And to answer your question, I had the confidence um, that I was one of the better players there. You know, because um, although I wasn't playing on match day, training sessions I was turning up so I yeah I had the confidence that I would get my chance perfect so you have had you know a lot of experience you know a good amount of experience so talk to us about your organization um, you mentioned um, your sports performance or um, organization so yeah, talk to us about that. How has that helped you deal with um, your current clients? And yeah, just explore how pretty much your experience is shaping your business today. Yeah, so um, I mean, if I just take it back to the reason why I even um, started it up and it was something that I started during lockdown, um, yeah, as a lot of us are doing, <laughs> things like that. Um, and, um, you know, it's always been a goal of mine to be some sort of link um, to support players trying to make it. Um, so, I mean, specifically, it's aimed at trying to improve strength and fitness 
uh, sports specifically. Yeah. But at the same time, obviously, I have a relationship with the players, so we have loads of conversations. Um, I can advise them. It's, it's been great for that. So it's almost like this is my route into being that support for them and, you know, just having a way to kind of give back. And, um, yeah, it's, it's going really well so far. Yeah. It's going really good. How are you helping with the psychology of these young players? What methods are you um, using? Um, because it's, I guess it's not just about this podcast being about the psychology of athletes. When you look at, you know, in a wider community, there are a lot of young players who, you know, sadly have taken their lives, you know, when they haven't um, reached, you know, their, their, their goal which is, you know, to sign a contract for a massive club. So how are you um, ensuring that they keep um, a well-balanced mindset? Yeah. Um, so first of all, knowing that they've got someone that they can talk to, it's not just the session we have, you know, I am also someone who can advise you. Yeah. Um, just through experience, I think that is key. That is the most important thing, really, Um because, yeah, we didn't have that yeah. at the time. And um, <laughs> being kind of, um, I wouldn't say sly about it, but I would say smart, um, using media, yeah. just, just using media, um, you know, throwing things at them, left, right and centre, any kind of success stories, anything that you can think of that you come across and just throwing it their way. Um, yeah, um, I would say is that is, is obviously going to be um, the strongest way to get through to them because um, obviously that's prevalent in um, in everything now. Yeah, um, society wears social media and so on. So yeah, those are the main things like being there, letting them know that you are someone they can you know talk to and and also yeah, just chucking whatever you can at them consistently have you um have you noticed the confidence levels are different for each person that you've worked with or do you tend to find them quite similar and um, definitely the confidence levels vary but um yeah uh, yeah confidence levels vary i'm i'm trying to compare it to to our time yeah. um and players, uh, yeah, when it was our time trying to do our thing, I feel like they are more confident. They have more resources. They have more resources. Um, I mean, even the service I'm providing, there's a lot of information out there. Um, you know, I'm an expert in it. So that's why, you know, um, I'm having the players come to me. But yeah. You know, all this information is now out there. So, yeah, I feel like they're a lot more confident. Who were your sporting heroes growing up? My sporting heroes. There's uh, one who's still playing now. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how. He's abnormal. Um, yeah, Cristiano. Cristiano Ronaldo, he, he, he's big. 
he's big. Um, obviously, seeing the change from when he first got to United to what yeah. he's done now, it's, apart from you know the trajectory that he's um, improved on, it's almost like he's gone from one game to another game. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, with, um, yeah, he has to top it. Would you say? Would you say it's just his footballing ability, or would you say it's kind of a lot broader than that? Why he tops it for you? Yeah, his his drive. Um, I'm jealous of his abs as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, nah, he's he's um just you know every now and then you get these players who are just different from the crop. I mean, we're talking about the top level, but he is top of the top level. Yeah. yeah. You know, and this is, for me, um, obviously he's had the support, he's had some good mentors. He came to United, he had Ferguson there. But, you know, so much of it comes from himself. You know, I'm sure you've heard all the stories about ever turning up to... Um, <laughs> Yeah. lunch with Ronaldo and, and all of this but um, it's just the ability to kind of block everything else out and kind of know what you want and and went for it and got it you know uh, any other uh, um, sports stars from other um, disciplines uh, I'm going to be honest I'm going to be completely honest I'm not big on basketball. Part of lockdown was watching The Last Dance. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And within that short space of time, he's found himself up there as well. Okay. Um, yeah, just absolute savages. Yeah, so Jordan as well, who I'm referring to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, before you go, Kwame, um, do you have any contact details? If anyone wants to get in touch with your services, um, please um, plug away now. Yep. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. It's Kwams underscore Sarps. So that's K-W-A-M-Z underscore S-A-R-P-Z. Um, and you can also find the link to my other page, which is the sports performance and training, um, which is kind of undevelopment at the moment but um in due time if you follow you should see um, different posts popping up okay thank you very much to our special guest um on behalf of myself and edwin we really 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 appreciate you coming on and telling us your your very insightful story um i think one of the things that even for myself that i will leave is the story of resilience you know um, I myself have been on the bench and maybe if I had your mentality, um, things would have been a little bit better. But yeah, um, for any young listeners listening, really, really take heed um, with that story where things are not going your way, but you still persevere. You still have that resilience to come back every week and then in Kwame's case, um, win an accolade at the end and is the winner. Um so yeah, massive, massive thank you to you, Kwame. And until next time, guys, take care and bless.